Hello and welcome to the Wigan It podcast with me, James Hammond. Personally, I have been to 50 countries. I've met so many people on my travels that I want to bring them on this podcast and get their story on record. I have plenty of tips and stories to share with you as well. Are you a backpacker or a traveller or gap year student or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you. Throughout the weeks and months, you'll get many guests and solo episodes where I try to cover all range of subjects within travel. This is a casual and informative travel podcast to inspire you to travel in the future. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening and supporting this. And I'll see you soon. Cheers, James. Hello and welcome to Winger Podcast episode 42, Paradise in the Cook Islands. A solo episode this week where I cover my trip in 2018. And I hope to give you some tips and tricks in the Cook Islands of what to see, what to do and where to go. This is a great trip with plenty of awesome photos and I can't wait to share them all with you this week and some clips from my solo podcast episode. I hope you enjoy this episode. Get in touch with me. Any questions, give me a shout. And let's get to those magic little islands as quickly as possible. Enjoy. Yeah, this solo episode is one I've been wanting to do for an absolute age. But obviously guests and other topics have got in the way. But today I'm cracking the Cook Islands. What a place. If you wanted to find paradise, I'd imagine this has got to be near the top of your list. Um, And you'll understand if you go there and you'll see why. I regularly post um, photos from my trip there in 2018, um, which show these like idyllic palm tree islands with no one there. And um, if you're thinking, cool, that looks great. I wonder if it's as good as as the photo, then 100% it is. So today I want to talk about how you get there. Um, maybe some tips and tricks of where to stay, where to go, what to do, and what islands to visit, and the general feel of the islands. Now, in 2018, Emma and I were in New Zealand, and we were on our work permit for a year, and we were probably about halfway through, six months, maybe just over six months, and we've been told by various people um, that the Cook Islands are somewhere you have to go to. So straight away, we looked into it, and I think around, probably around Christmas, New Year, we finally booked the flights. Now, from New Zealand, they're super cheap. I'm talking like $150 to $200 one way. Um, you could probably get cheaper than that if you go at various times of the day, like really late at night is probably a really cheap option as well. So, But if you're flying in from internationally, you're probably going to have to go to one of the very few places that fly there. So maybe like Fiji or uh, New Zealand is probably a hub, and maybe even uh, Australia. But New Zealand is probably the easiest place um, for a number of reasons. Um, first of all, Cook Islands um, uses the New Zealand dollar. So if you land in Auckland and you're there for like a long weekend, should we say, um, it's a good time to acclimatise to the new time zone, but also get your money together. So I would highly recommend just popping into Auckland and seeing the surrounding areas, some great um, scenery up there, get your New Zealand dollars and then obviously wait for your flight to the Cook Islands. Um, I would probably recommend around... 10 days to two weeks is probably a decent chunk. Um, But if you went for a week, absolutely, that's fine. Depends what islands you want to go to, though. So we've obviously been told about two places in Cook Islands, and it's Rarotonga, where you fly into, which is the main island, the main hub, but also Atutaki, which is um, a further flight up north. And it's an incredibly, unbelievably good-looking place. It is paradise. I, I will define anyone to see... And tell me that there's something else that's better than that. But anyway, let's start with how you get there. So yeah, you go from Auckland, you fly into Rarotonga International Airport. Now for 
accommodation, there's a plethora of choice and it all depends on your budget. Now, my podcast is kind of relating to more uh, budget-friendly trips and backpacking type of trips. So we stayed at the Rarotonga Backpackers. And I reckon you're probably paying... They, they do all sorts of rooms, um, sort of like dorms and private rooms and stuff. Um, I reckon a dorm you're looking at 25 to $30 a night, New Zealand dollars, that is. And private is not too much more split between the two. And there's one road on the Rarotonga uh, Island, and it goes all the way around in a circle, so you can't get lost. And I would highly suggest you do some research into what type of accommodation, because you've got the plethora of options there. You've got the backpackers, there's a couple there. And you've got all the resorts, like the Edgewater Resort and Spa. You've got the Club Raro Resort. Um, it depends what island you want to go to. Like you've got the the Tarani Beach bungalows down south. Um, and if you carry on round to the sort of like the little mini lagoon with the islands, you've got Nautilus Res- Resort with Maratonga as well. And there's some luxury like Timanawava luxury villas and spa. So it really depends on your um, options. But don't forget, this is a small island. So yes, you might want a nice room to stay in. But first of all, you're probably not going to be in that room for m- much of your day anyway. And also, anywhere is pretty doable by road. And if I remember correctly, if you get a car or a bike out, you could probably go around the island in 45 minutes um, on the roads. And the roads, that run, that one road is pretty decent, so you'll have no problems getting around. Um, so, yeah, we stayed at Rarotonga Backpackers, and straight away we got a moped each, uh, a scooter each, to to get about um, whilst we were on there for the first week um, before we flew to Atutaki. So... What is there to see and do in Rarotonga? There's a plethora of options. There is um, a hike available across the middle of the island that goes through the needle, which is called Tarua Manga. And this is like a little hike through the middle to get like to the highest point in the island and have a sort of 360-degree view. And you go past um, Wigmore's uh, waterfall and up to the needle, which is like Tarua Manga viewpoint. Um because the Cook Islands obviously so warm, you're going to be sweaty and you're going to be... It's, it's not the easiest thing to do, um, but it's well worth um, the day there. Um, bear in mind, you're going to be starting to finish in at different points on the map. So you've got to um, work out logistics, but there is a bus that goes all the way around as well, the island. So there's always an option to um, get from one place to another. So that little hike through the middle, fantastic. Now, as we stayed at the Rarotonga Backpackers um, in the... Rorangi district um, that is pretty close to where we're staying so it's not too far from there and this area is sort of like the west yeah the west part of the island um, approaching the southwest part of the island and one of the first we arrived late at night one of the first things that we did is once we uh, checked into Rarotonga backpackers we had a private room and um, it's really late so we got there basically dumped the bags straight to bed next morning there's a great trendy little calf on the on the same part of the island it's about a next door pretty much two minute walk from the backpackers and it's called the beluga calf and it's just an unbelievable little setting it's got like little patio at the front with tables and chairs obviously you can go inside with um where the kitchen and the, and the coffee and stuff is but also they sell independent um sort of i don't know what you call like t-shirts and stuff like that to take away with you but the brunch we had was incredible it was about 20 dollars new zealand dollars this is all dollars i mentioned in this podcast would be new, Ze- new zealand but um this brunch was like poached eggs, avocado on toast. You got a bit of sprouts in there. You got some other greenery in there, um, some potatoes and stuff like that. So I would highly recommend Beluga Calf. 
as a great way to start your trip. As I mentioned before, um, I think it's key to get either a car or um, a moped. Um, so we had obviously a moped each, and we didn't really have a plan for the island apart from a few things to go and see. Obviously, I mentioned the the needle before, and also the beluga. Um, calf was kind of on our sort of like hit list, but also we wanted to go and check out different parts of the island, different beaches, and there's so many beaches to check out. So I said they're all pretty good, um, but I do have a favourite, and it's called Matenga Beach. It's a little further around the island um, as if you're going south um, and it's next to the Matengas Beach Bungalows. So what you do is, it looks a bit, yeah, it's not obvious, so you, you park your bike up, walk through the path that goes through the bungalows and then it opens up into the sea and look to the right and you've got this unbelievable setting of like calm collective water with palm trees, no one on the beach, um, I get, unless the people in the bungalows on the beach, I don't think you'll see many people there. It's kind of hidden away. So yes, it's next to Matengas Beach Bungalows and I put a post on my Instagram up um, a few days ago. This is November the 15th, um, a few days ago. And I've, I think it's one of the posts I got the most likes. It's just an unbelievable view. I mean, Emma went there, sat on the beach, joined by a dog and got in the water and just like, I was just a bit of an awe really. Like, it was just an unbelievable experience to go to that beach. Uh, I think I've always been obsessed with trying to find that paradise beach, the ultimate place. And I've been to like Antigua and St. Kitts and Nevis and Fiji, Hawaii. I was was never really 100% on it of like these places that provided me with this paradise place. But this, the Tengus Beach in uh, in Cook Islands was just a different level and it is the best beach I've ever been to. I'm not going to shy away from that. So that's a recommendation that I would um, recommend you go to on Rarotonga in terms of one of the best beach. And it's actually just past the, the trail up through the trek for the island. So it's all in the same little area. A popular spot um, that people go to uh, the sort of the side of the island is called Captain Andy's Bar and Grill. And this is a little place that has a little balcony um, looking out to the sea with a great view. And they do like good food and drinks in there as well. Got a real nice vibe. And it's just a great for a sunset as well. So if you're looking for that place to watch the sun go down, um, that's another great place to check out. And I would highly recommend that too. Now, if you head around the island to the southeast part where the little lagoon is, um, it's got a great little spot down there where you can do um, some real like tame kayaking. And they've got three islands just off the mainland and they're called uh, Motatapu, Anaroa and Koromiri. And what you do is you drive along the main road and you get off at Muri Beach and you'd sort of like park your uh, bike up there. Now, Muri Beach is a great beach. Um, it's where some of the lagoon cruises go from and it's got some bakery and calves um, along there as two and also a great little um, uh, sort of like lookout towards the lagoon. Now, this lagoon is like pretty small um, and we walked from Muri Beach all the way to Anaroa and it probably walking through the sea obviously it's quite shallow it's, it's obviously no waves it probably took us a fair you know i don't know 20 minutes but you can definitely walk it um but you can also obviously kayak and see all three islands um which a lot of people do do and you can get the um the kayak rental from Moo beach and it's, oh, it's really cheap like ten dollars an hour or something like that so I would get a little kayak, go and see those three islands and check those out. They're not habited, I don't think, and um, go and chill out in the nice, calm, 
shallow water. Um, and there's a great little bar just off there where you can have a little drink and a and some lunch too. Um, I think it's the Miri Beach Club. Miri Beach Club, yeah, that's pretty decent. Um, if you want to do like a little Lagoon Cruise, I think Cocker Lagoon Cruises go from there as well. Um, I think it's a more expensive option. I don't think it's particularly worth it, but um, yeah, I'll leave it up to you um, in case you want to decide for yourself. If you go a bit further south, there's a fourth island called Teacocca. And again, it's probably reachable by, by foot if you go through the water, but you can also kayak there too. And it's worth checking out. This is a very popular spot on the island because there's a lot of resorts down there with a great view of the lagoon. And um, it's just like that idyllic sort of like, um, yeah, viewpoint of, a, of an island, I guess. And you get three or four for the price of one. So other activities on the island that you can get into is in the actual little town like Rarotonga itself, where near the airport. They have a good Saturday market as well, um, where like all the locals come on that one day of the week and sell their particular items that they have. It's great if you're into that sort of independent type of shopping and you can pick up anything there as well. And if you need, if you're not eating out all all the time, there is um, a couple of supermarkets down that way as well where you can get your groceries if you're planning on cooking somewhere, and which I would highly doubt you would be. Um, and talking of food, like there's so many options. Like you can go to the Villa a Villiers burger joint on the east side as well as the Mooring Fish Cave near the Lagoon and they've got a couple of um, cheeky bakeries down the southeast as well like Rimmer's Bakery Cafe. Um we didn't really um, eat out too much of these places but we did um, go for quite a few on the west side um, near where we were staying uh, just because we don't really want to drive especially on a moped um, in the dark on the roads because the roads aren't the best so You've got to weigh that up in terms of what you want to do in terms of food. Um, but there's plenty of options. And I think, obviously, the sunsets, probably sunsets around, like, um, 6 to 87. But one place we did go to is called the Shipwreck Hut. And it's a great little p- place on the west side. It's, again, it's near Rarotonga Backpackers. And it, it's a great little place to watch the sunset. It's got, again, that sort of balcony vibe. Um, it's got a nice little bar. I seem to recall, like, he's got uh, all these, like, stickers and... I guess people writing, writing comments on where they're from all across the bar. It's got that sort of country pub feel to it. And you get all the, all the international beers there. I even think the guy who runs it is probably Kiwi or Aussie. Um, I can't really recall. Um, but it's probably one of my favourite places I've been to for a beer. It's called a Shipwreck Hut. And we sat there and watched the um, the sunset and then walked back to Rarotonga Backpackers. Um, so the Shipwreck Hut is a, a high recommendation from me. Yeah, so the name of the game of the Rarotonga in terms of your trip is getting that car, that bike, riding around, going to different beaches and different little lookouts uh, around the one road, around the island, um, eat well and get some good snaps. Uh, apart from the market, that's pretty much what we did for six, seven days. Um, but yeah, any beach is good. Uh, that's probably my top recommendations in terms of places that we went to that I recommend again. Um, we didn't really check out sort of like north east of the island um, that much and like I said because you don't want to get stuck there when it's dark it's a bit of a nightmare to drive back so um, and taxis obviously a bit of a, a bit of a premium there so it's got to plan that a little bit ahead really but the next part of our trip was flying to Atutaki Atutaki was a lookout slash base for the Americans in the Second World War so they actually built an airfield there um, and Atutaki is so small um, you've got to bear this in mind it's probably about a 45 minute flight from Rarotonga one of those small aeroplanes Emma was hating it I was loving it and um, 
there's a little bit of the north of the island sort of hanging down like a spit really and that's where the um airport uh, is and you land there now we were staying at reef motel which is a bit of a trek from there but i thought yeah we'll walk it and it's just not doable like you obviously get the airport and it's boiling hot you've got your probably backpack and stuff and reef motel was probably the cheapest available accommodation on the island at the time anyway um you're probably looking at a reasonable price of you know 80 to 100 dollars a night for the room um and it's a fantastic room it's like an open pan kitchen it's got a fridge got a kitchen you've got your living room obviously you've got your bedroom but you don't spend too much time in there because obviously out and about and actually tacky but yeah you can um book that as your sort of like budget option but there's a plenty of options if you want to go real out there in terms of price um and there's a three three or four that are kind of known really um there's atutaki lagoon private island resort now the rule here is um you're not actually allowed on the island unless you stay there um but there's a way around it you can book a day ticket or day pass it probably includes uh, lunch as well at their canteen because um, what we tried to do is we actually walked across the bridge and got to the main reception and they kind of they kind of turned us away unless we want to pay eight or nine dollars for the day to be on the island and the island just has like private bungalows in the sea the classic like south pacific um, view and you can walk around the the resort and i guess you can have a drink and sort of have some food but we, we figured it wasn't really worth the price so we had a nice little trek over there took some photos and then walked back and yeah i think that's probably the most priceless place on the island and i I wouldn't even like to guess how much that would be per night but you can walk up to the tip of that point it's a bit south of the airport again we got mopeds this time um as a way of getting around um but i'll come back to that in a minute for the moped but yeah as places to stay at Taki lagoon private island resort um you can also check into um pacific resort atitaki um paparai beachfront bungalows and paradise cove i think they're probably the the more luxurious well-known ones now as we're walking back to our hotel from the airport um we got to a shop and we're like we're we're hanging so the guy in the shop um gets someone to give us a ride and he took us to the reef motel and we booked you know put our stuff in the room and sort of paid and booked all the room and stuff and then they ordered a um, moped for us. Now, for this some reason this time, we booked one, not two. And I'm particularly not a fan of having someone on the back of my moped, but we had one. So Emma was in the back when I was driving. So that was our way of getting around the island. But there's so many, there's so little roads there that you, you, you sort of like know in a day where to go. And, one, and the first evening, we took a trip all the way around to Koro Caf. And near that lagoon resort private island and down there it's got some great views like of the inlet goes round so you can see like the main part of the island you can do some fishing down there there's some villas as well but you can also have a great fish and chips down there as well which we did for lunch and we just sat on the beach and just like sunned out in the water and took loads of photos now on the way back we obviously timed this um a bit later because on the way back we were driving it was dark and I was bobbing along. I was like, right. And I felt this like shudder. I was like, what the hell is that? Emma, like, stop moving about. She's like, it isn't me. She goes, I think the exhaust fell off. I'm like, nah, I'm not having that. And we stopped, looked. Yeah, the exhaust fell off about 20, 30 metres behind. We're like, shit, what am I going to do with this? And um, 
So Emma hopped off and I stopped. I'm like, I don't really know where we are. Roughly, I know where we are, but not too... It's not the best situation. Like, it's dark, there's no lights. Um, how on earth are we going to sort this out? And then drove past um, sort of like a big people carrier and we sort of flagged it down and this Aussie was in there. She said, oh, yeah, yeah, jump in. Um, yeah, we said, our oh, our moped's just like sort of destroyed itself on the way here and we didn't know what to do. She said, oh, I'll go and get that. So she got the moped. She put it in this guy's garden. She goes, oh, I know the guy there. Don't worry, we'll sort it out in the morning. Picked up the pieces, <laughs> put it in the guy's um, garden and she drove us back to the motel. She's like, don't worry, I'll get someone to come over to Reef Motel with a replacement in the morning. I was like, wow, that's incredible. Like, this person not only gives us a lift back to the hotel, but she's also helping us get a new moped in the morning. But we thought, oh, shit, we have to pay for it. And it's like, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, got back to the hotel um, next morning. Um, this guy arrives with a moped and he said, no, don't worry about it. It's not your fault. It should have been attached properly. The exhaust fell off. Here's a replacement. On you go. So, like, oh, what a place this is. The people are just incredible. All willing to help you out. All willing to any situation, just offer a lift, or they know someone and they get in contact with someone. So it's a real cool place for for people there uh, on both islands. Like they're just so cool. So down there, we yeah, we sort of had a good day out. First day out there, and the second day, we were planning to go on the boat ride. And this boat ride would include a bit of snorkeling. Um, also visiting the other islands because you have the main island of Atutaki and then a bit further south in the southeast you have One Foot Island and the Honeymoon Island and these little spits of sand um, and it's just a little like collection of islands that you go to and it's you can obviously like go in the sea and it's all like very calm and kind of shadow water, clear water, that sort of clear idyllic water and for me the only mare is I can't swim. And although although you can walk in these shallow ends, there are a few deep ends. And for me, that's a no-no. So the whole boat, off they get snorkeling gear. And they're often like snorkeling in the, in the water. And Emma's like potting around, get some photos. And they all go out like 20, 30, 100 metres away. And like all in this little group. And they're sort of swimming around. And the guy's like, you you can't swim? I was like, nah, it's, it's, not, it's not me. He goes, how come you're here? He's like, oh, I just want to see it all and experience it he goes i'll tell you what i'll do i'll drop you off at an island and you can sort of like explore that on your own and we're going to meet here on this other island and you can walk around to it it's like, oh cool decent so they leave the snorkelers and they sort of drop me off at one of the islands and it's near a place called sandbank and it's off one foot island and it's just a long stretch of thin sand that goes out to the middle of nowhere and i was like this place is just incredible so he dropped me off and then um i sort of like on my own taking selfies and snaps of the spit and uh, the little island of One Foot Island and met the guys up later and we went to the post office of One Foot Island, got a passport stamped, post office was closed, standard, and then we sort of walked around the mini island, um, sort of called Tekapua, and we also visited um, Honeymoon Island, what I did anyway, because I was on my own. And I was just standing there for like a couple of hours while Emma was doing her little snorkeling trip and when they meet, meet back up with you, they sort of um, walk you around and show you some little sights of the islands. And it's just an unbelievably cool place. And it's hard to describe in terms of what you see. But it is just palm trees, white sand, shallow water, warm water, uh, no clouds in sight, great locals on the tour. 
and also they have some great stories and some some good facts about the place as well so that boat ride yeah it was a whole day and um, absolutely loved it and I would highly recommend if you can do that there are a few you can book through um, it's called Bishop's Cruise or Wet and Wild Atutaki um, they both do the same thing I, I do remember in the morning that they sort of pick up from the same area as well but they'd, they'd also pick you up in their pickup truck from your hotel and drive you to the meetup point for the boat um, so it's well worth the trip and um, you get to tick off a lot of stuff on that trip in terms of places to eat and drink I think our favourite was the boat shed again that's right down below the airport where that private island is um, for that lagoon resort and I had a great I think I had fish and chips there again like fish is great in, in the Cook Islands so if you want a bit of fish you're in the element really and um, all, all sort of like around $20 like you're paying $20 a dish really and there's some other cafe and restaurants that are quite popular I think Mori Cafe I believe we went there and um, it's a little bit inland it's not by the water um, but I think maybe on our second day um, we're sort of venturing around the island um, trying to check out all the areas and that done like a great little like wrap and stuff I think it's attached to a shop as well um, so obviously that's worth checking out if you want a bit of a cheaper option I mentioned Koro Craft before um, but then you've got some really expensive places like the, the beach resorts do their own food so you can go and book there as well I think if you want to pay a bit more up, uh, up market in terms of price but again Atutaki is one of those places you get a bike you bike around the island and you see like the sort of history with the little historic centre near the airport about telling you why it exists and also you can check out all the beaches uh, unfortunately some of the sort of big private expensive places own the beach so you probably can't go there but there's plenty of others to go around and I think the best area for public beaches is around sort of that Blue Lagoon Resort and down there because um, there's not many planes you're not going to see like aeroplanes all the time and it's just a cool little inlet around there with um, a couple of calves and some shallow water and some kayaking unbelievably we met someone down there who was doing a marathon yeah I think it's the the Cook Islands Marathon I think they're doing um, I think it was like a few days time and he was preparing for it and he had the t-shirt and, and the whole lot really so unbelievable in that sort of heat so to finish on the Cook Islands um, I would say the people are just some of the nicest fantastic people you'll meet all willing to help all understand that tourism is probably their biggest industry and they understand that um, what people want to see is like probably decent food uh, a decent accommodation a good beach and some warm water so they all can point you in the right direction they're all willing to help and they're all willing to offer their services whatever they can do whether that's helping you out with a broken moped somewhere to stay I reckon or even the best restaurants um, so we also took advantage of this and every day we're out um, to a new beach um, on the moped to a new cafe or restaurant um, apart from the boat shed we went there a couple of times in Atutaki um, it's pretty easy to fly from New Zealand so make sure you go to New Zealand first and the interconnecting flight between Rarotonga and Atutaki is pretty easy to book as well. Um, I think that wraps it up Cook Islands pretty well. Um, I love the place. I want to go back. We will go back. Don't know when. Um, but I would highly recommend you check this place out. It has to be on your list. If you want a good beach with cracking water and a great bunch of people, then that is a place to go. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to my Wingnet Podcast episode today. Please find me on Instagram at James Hammond Travel 
where I do release daily and weekly clips of this podcast episode as well as some photos. You can also find this episode on YouTube, James Hammond Travel or Winging a Podcast. You can search for either where this will be released as a video or there'll be some pictures that accompany the audio. Please follow and subscribe today. I'm also available on Pinterest and TikTok, James Hammond Travel. And please check out my website, jameshammond.org, where there'll be some information about myself as well as some travel content. Finally, please rate the podcast on whatever podcast platform that you do use. This helps gain the podcast a bit of traction and gets me guests for the future. Stay safe. Thanks for listening. Be inspired. And I'll catch you soon. Ciao.